Hi. Welcome to season two of Cancer, the Emotional Mountain, a podcast about the emotions that come with a cancer diagnosis, treatments, doctors, friends, and family. Last season, I interviewed several cancer survivors and thrivers. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to season one, please go back and do that, especially if you're just getting a diagnosis yourself. Those three words, you have cancer, will change your life forever. And often, as I'm learning, for the better. Hi, I'm Tammy, your host, a cancer thriver. Rounding the corner of a three-year treatment plan for ovarian cancer stage 3B. What does all that mean? I don't know. I quit listening in the very beginning right after the word cancer. I'm not a medical professional, although I did model for a medical supply company in the late 70s for some marketing pieces. I wore the white dress, the nurse's uniform, and the cardboard hat. Other than that, my medical history is pretty small. I'm a licensed massage therapist, and I've been helping others through natural healing methods for over 20 years. I'm a huge fan of Chinese medicine. I'm a Reiki master, and I practice many modalities in massage. I love the body. I think it's a miracle machine. No matter how mean we are to it, it rarely fails us. I broke my ankle 30 years ago, and while I was healing, I was blown away at the miracle my body was creating. Well, with the help of a great surgeon that put a rod and seven pins in to assist this miracle. But cancer isn't a world I knew much about. I'd been a caregiver to both my parents who'd passed from cancer, and both had passed very quickly. In 1995, my mother was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and was gone 10 months later. In 2010, my dad was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor, gone six months to the day of when the doctor sat me down, reached for my hand, and told me that I was going to have to be a very strong and very brave girl. Both illnesses and losses broke my heart. I thought I was doing everything they needed, I was there. I took them to appointments. I helped them in every physical way I knew how. What I didn't know is what was going on the, on the inside. Both of my parents were very strong people. They didn't complain. They never asked for anything extra. They were easy patients. Aside from the obvious fear of losing them, neither one of them showed me fear. It all seemed so medical. Learn this. Get that. Pick up pills, salves, salves, mouthwashes, pain meds, nausea meds. But it wasn't until I was walking the same path that I knew how much more there is to this. What's going on inside your head? The mountain that looms in front of you? The constant fear, panic, and sometimes hopeless moments? My brave parents never showed me that. I wish I'd known. I'd have been a better caregiver. So let's start this season with some lessons in what the hell. <laughs> let's talk about it, laugh about it, and cry about this journey to a better life. Whether you're a caregiver or the patient, this podcast is for you. Show let's get life. going. Show me love. Make a change. 
time is up. We can wait for better days, but the days won't come. Show me love. Show me love. Show me love. Now this week, I'd like to talk about something that I haven't talked about before, and that is cancer in dogs. As far as I can tell, the emotions are the same. The shock, the fear, the unknown. The hardest part is that your dog can't tell you. And you have to be the caregiver and the decision maker. Let's talk about what you should do. First, gather yourself and don't make any quick decisions. If you need to, get the necessary information and make an appointment for the next day or later in the week for a consultation. You have to process with a clear head and first do the panic, hysterical moment alone or with family. And I'm not kidding. When my Labrador was only seven years old, he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. I made the decision for him to have the surgery after consultation. It was so frightening. I sat in the waiting room and fought the tears for the entire two-hour surgery. The vet said she had gotten it all, with clear margins. His recovery was slow, but successful. A year later, I did lose him because the cancer had spread to his brain. But I would do it all over again without a doubt. He didn't suffer, and we had many adventures in that year. You know, there's been very little discussion on ethics of using chemotherapy in dogs. Treatment success rates in dogs with cancer is dependent on the type of cancer. Lymphoma, a common cancer in dogs accounting for 8% of cancers, is particularly susceptible to chemotherapy. The dog will not be cured by chemotherapy, but may have its life prolonged from 2 to 24 months. The dog may feel better, still suffering from the cancer, or it may suffer from the side effects of the treatment. But from what I've read, their side effects are not as debilitating as it is in human. And untreated dogs have an average survival time of four to six weeks. Although up to 90% of dogs will go into remission, remission is not a cure defined as elimination of the disease entirely. So in effect, chemotherapy is a form of palliative care rather than a cure. It is a major goal of chemotherapy in veterinary oncology. Treatment buys time, but eventually the majority of dogs will relapse. Emotionally, what are you going to do? You must consider all the pros and cons. I, personally, being a cancer patient, believe in treatment if my dog isn't suffering. I'd consider his or her age, medical history, activity level, pain, or no pain. Kind of like I did with myself. I'll be honest, my first thought after my diagnosis and almost final decision for myself was no chemotherapy. Chemotherapy had not saved my parents or other family members, so my history of knowing survivals was very minimal. So I sat down with my oncologist, listened to my friend's encouragement. We discussed options and treatments. We made a plan, 
and I did my best to be educated in all areas where I had questions. I believe this should be the same steps you take with your family pet. If cost is an issue, ask your vet if there are grants, programs, or other ways to help you with the expenses. Please don't let cost be a reason to give up. I would do anything for my babies, but that's just me. So the bottom line, get the information for everything. Form a relationship with your vet, ask questions, and don't be afraid to bring someone else along to help you remember. Your brain is doing backflips and somersaults just like it does when you or anyone you love gets this diagnosis. But just as I have stressed in my previous podcast, don't Google. Ask your vet. Ask in person. Write down your notes. The internet can lead you down a rabbit hole that will almost always make you hopeless. Disclaimer. I googled a few items just to give myself a perspective on how veterinarians handle the disease, and I'm pleased to amount pretty much the same way that my human doctor did. I will be visiting an oncology veterinarian in the near future and will bring you a more personal perspective. But in the meantime, love that baby and don't lose hope. Miracles happen and your pup can be one of them. I want to thank you all for tuning in this week. Welcome back. Um, It's been a year, (laughs) but I am thrilled to be back and sharing what I can emotionally with you about this journey called cancer. You can find me on Facebook, Cancer, the Emotional Mountain. And of course, you can also email me with any questions, or if you'd like to be on my podcast, I would love to have you. If you're a caregiver and you wonder if you're doing it right, if you're a patient and your caregiver's driving you crazy, or you want to just find out how you're going to do this, I'm here to help. Reach out anytime at cancer. At, no, actually, what is my email? I don't know. It's C period, the emotional mountain at gmail.com. See, I've been away. I'm going to call it chemo brain for now. Thanks, y'all. Have a great couple of weeks. I'll see you in two. Take care. Bye bye.